Hello everyone, welcome to the Ascent Academy podcast. This is Shan and today I'm thrilled to be joined once again by the incredible Beth Sturdivant. Beth is a dear friend, a spiritual healer, a shamanic practitioner, an educator on a mission to help us find balance in life's chaos and to remember our true selves. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the topic of making mistakes. We talk about what mistakes mean, what are their impact and how they are a powerful catalyst in our journey of self-improvement. This is me and Beth. Let's dive in. One of the questions when I was thinking about this topic was like, I think the great place to start is what happens to an average human being or a average human mind when he or she makes a mistake, what he goes through in that process, what kind of emotions are there, how a person is registering that mistake how the body and the mind and the soul are this like registering that mistake you talked about guilt and shame and all that let's let's get into that mm. well each body processes it in different ways like the physical there's a physical body mm-hmm. then the mental body then the emotional body then the spiritual body mm-hmm. that make up the whole of a person of a human and so when people make mistakes in their lives that mistake resolving or coming to peace with that mm-hmm. has to be processed at every single level. Otherwise it gets stuck. And that's where the, the cycle of um, like, let's say I make a mistake and I rationalize it in my mind okay. and I sort of come to peace with the fact that, Oh, that was a mistake. Um, mistakes happen. Like what are the things we say? Mistakes happen. You learn from your mistakes etc etc that's that's the mental body rationalizing what just happened but underneath that there's going to be emotions that perhaps we don't even understand or can't even access or identify let alone even want to and so often people who get in the victim mindset the victim mentality the victim identity all of that stuff which we've all been in at some points in our lives and it's not to place blame it just is kind of part of being human sometimes as a natural reflex because that that part of us is trying to protect and save us right protect us from being rejected from being abandoned from being not feeling worthy enough whatever the reasons So that victim mentality, you might get stuck in the blame, blame, blame. If you make a mistake, rather than allowing yourself to process and feel what naturally comes from that, which is the guilt, the shame, the sadness, whatever, will stay in that victim mentality of it's not my fault, it's so-and-so's fault, oh, it happened because of that. It's outside of us. And while some of that may be true, there's always two sides to every story. There's always an exchange of some kind, uh, uh, an action-reaction kind of thing. So if we can get beyond that into the emotional bodies and we can feel it, that's really uncomfortable. Because who wants to sit and feel guilty? ashamed the problem is is that as humans we try we we tend to think that this moment is forever that this moment in time will last 
throughout eternity. And so if we're feeling guilt or shame, we're going to always feel guilt or shame. And then we start to become that. And it's a ripple effect throughout our lives. If we're able to move through the emotions, whatever comes from that mistake, and we get into the spiritual bodies, that's where the beliefs are. That's what drives and creates literally everything in our lives. That's where we start to develop the um, beliefs of perhaps I'm always going to be a failure. I'm never going to put myself in that situation again. I never want to love or allow. I'm never going to trust something. You know, I'm too stupid. I'm too, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's when we get to that place where the real magic happens, where real change can happen. Because then when we resolve, we come to peace uh, with those beliefs, then it's a ripple effect. Then the emotions, then we feel more forgiving, compassionate, all of those healing medicines that we need in our lives to evolve, to grow, to actually learn and to become who we want to be and to move beyond our mistakes and our brokenness that often comes from those mistakes. Yeah. This is the topic which I've immensely, like I think it's it's of immense importance and I've thought really, like I went into this rabbit hole of like mistakes and failure and whatnot because since the childhood, I what I witnessed and maybe the like we as humans we have different kinds of sensitivities so some kids are a little bit more sensitive some are less sensitive so i just absorb my environment so whatever is in my environment i'm so sensitive that i'll just absorb the negativity if there is negativity if there is greatness in my environment as i like to connect with greatness through this podcast so i just absorb all that so being in school and being in my home the way i saw elders, teachers, parents and all of them just interpreting mistakes okay? especially school so what school does school brainwashes you into believing that failure is bad and which is just opposite of how it works in reality so in reality the more comfortable you are with failure the more comfortable you are with making mistakes and moving forward the more fruitful experience you'll have in life like that's how nature works like nature is always failing always iterating itself but in school you've taught just the opposite of that that if you're failing you're making a mistake you'll get your numbers will be detected or you will be punished you'll be standing outside of the class and you'll be threatened physically emotionally in all sorts of levels so i think that's what you're talking about that's the mentality part so they develop this fixed mindset or they develop this kind of barrier in our mind when it comes to failure or making mistakes so we are like 12 years like 12 years we get brainwashed and throughout our life we are just stuck in that brainwashing which our parents and our school give us so whenever we are making any mistake we are why most people don't start a business there's a reason to it business is all about Failure, you're going, you're going to iterate, iterate, iterate. Job is, okay, somebody else is making failure. 
if he's gonna if this enterprise is gonna fail that person is gonna fail okay but you can okay you can be comfortable with that right so so what i'm trying to say is like there are two aspects of that like this is one aspect which society brainwashes you into believing that mistakes are bad and there is then what you talked about another aspect of this which is emotional aspect which spiritual aspect emotional aspect and it's so important to understand from where all this originates so it i was interviewing a a person who's like he's more uh, he's interested in or obsessed with uh, evolutionary psychology so his name is tanner marty so i was interviewing him on a podcast and i asked him like what does our biology wants or what what it's looking for if there is this dominating desire of our biology so what is that he said our dominating desire is survival so our bodies our minds will do anything to survive so what happens i think and i would love to know what your thoughts are on that what happens i think like when we are making mistakes when we are failing in all sorts of manner our bodies and mind just are learning and as you said they are trying to save us and they are trying to protect us and in doing so they create like they learn from our environment okay this thing happened we failed here let's not repeat it okay so whenever we are going across the similar kind of frequencies our body is just rejecting that okay let's not go there let's not the last time we went there it didn't went well so so the rest of our life let's avoid those situations and it's a illusion because it it happened only like one time it doesn't mean that it's going to happen every time you are going to do that for example last time you were recording that love uh, about podcast about love so you failed in one relationship now your body and your brain thinks that every relationship you're going to come across it's going to be like that only and it tries to avoid the similar experiences what do you think Oh, there's a lot to unpack. You just said a lot of great stuff. I'm like, where do I begin? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll begin the last thing. So what our spirit does when we experience something, mm-hmm. like you said, like um, we'll use love because uh, a lot of people experience love in different ways. Um, without consciously being aware, our spirit makes a contract essentially an agreement with ourselves that we will never experience that again so to speak and so when we make that agreement that soul contract we again we protect ourselves those aspects will sometimes send parts of ourselves away to protect it and then we create the reality in our lives based on that um that lens so to speak of i will never experience that again therefore i might not take chances therefore i might not put myself in situations where that might happen again um i mean the human the human condition the human experience the human spirit is so complex in but yet it's not it's just that 
I wouldn't say it's just that. I shouldn't say it's just because it's really not simple in, in that it takes effort to, and it takes courage more than that. That's where the warrior spirit comes in. That part of us that wants to or allows ourselves to access the courage and to face whatever those uncomfortable moments are that may be preventing us from evolving um, beyond our mistakes and, and from even being willing to make mistakes and perhaps being judged by people around us or being judged by ourselves for the mistakes that we make. I mean, how many times do we um, pass judgment onto other people who fail or make mistakes or say the wrong thing on social media? I mean, people can ex now with, now with social media and everything being permanent in time space as far as video recordings audio recordings stuff people can extract something someone can extract something from this video conversation 10 years from now and turn it against me or you without understanding the evolutionary process of okay maybe i made a mistake maybe i'm still digesting that thought maybe i haven't really come to an understanding of my beliefs yet but where's the natural process of um evolution in our beliefs in our in our in our uh conversations that allow space to unpack okay well what is a mistake okay can i show forgiveness and grace for this person for perhaps in this moment in time saying what they're saying believing what they're believing but also holding space and allowing their to be room for growth and not labeling them. Oh, well, that's who they are. This is what they believe. Therefore they're my enemy or they're the, they're the opposition and they're this, they're that there's that us, them, us, them, you know, or us, them. So when we don't allow that for other people, we don't allow it for ourselves. And so when we're, I'm in part, so let's say for you, you made a mistake and I judge you. And then all of a sudden now I've identified you in a certain category as XYZ, I'm essentially judging myself. I'm essentially saying, well, if I can't show Sean grace in being human and in making mistakes and, and kind of digesting his thoughts and his beliefs, I can't allow that for myself. I am not in turn deserving of that grace, that compassion, that forgiveness either, you know? So it's, it's very layered, but it's so imperative for our evolution individually, which then, of course, extends to our evolution externally. If you go back to Darwin, while, yes, Darwin is the father of the theory of evolution and the survival of the fittest, he also had the theory of compassion and that the most compassionate societies are the most successful and the most um, uh, healthiest societies that would rear the most uh, productive communities. So why don't we talk about that? What if the person who was survived physically did so because they were able to show compassion and maybe in their evolution in being fit, they were able to show compassion for the people who perhaps weren't that um, strong at the beginning and was able to help them strengthen and grow and evolve.
right? Maybe there's that. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would add another word, empathy. So not uh, like not just yeah. compassion. Compassion is uh, I'm feeling feeling compassionate about like towards you, but also I have this empathy towards you. I think like human, like people say like you are an empath. They they want to try to label you, but I think humans are empath. That's why we like we evolved to the place we evolved. We see each other and we understand okay so you're he's in pain like we someone see we we see someone crying we understand why he's crying we have empathy naturally empathy towards not even that person even we see a cow and we we see tears in her eyes we are very empathetic okay her child died and she's crying and we are having that empathetic relationship with that uh, that animal so i think that empathy having that empathy and just understanding okay and i think there's a fundamental error in understanding life itself so we talked about the origin of failures and mistakes how emotionally and mentally they originate but i think like there's a fundamental error in understanding life itself when it comes to mistakes so life is this infinite complex thing okay it's impossible not to make mistakes and still move forward so either you're going to get be stagnant and you're going to be just be there that's like that's the worst mistake ever so so and if you're going to move forward like it's impossible not to make mistakes because you're moving forward in a infinitely complex world you cannot make it happen according to you like we are interacting with infinite elements all the time right mm-hmm. so just having this mentality and this idea this false belief in our head that it, it's possible to not make mistakes like there is this perfect version of a human being who doesn't makes any mistake and we have these like ideals in our mind buddha jesus christ or like all sorts of like these fascinating enlightened people they were they never made it like that's not true <laughs> you can't exist without I'd... making mistakes can you well i don't know anybody who believes that making mistakes isn't part of being human i think they say that we but all the pain you see in their eyes after making mistake tells me like something else yeah so they say yeah, they yeah, understand I mean. intellectually like, that it's not possible but part of it yeah. when they emotionally they haven't integrated that thought in like they, they haven't internalized yeah. that intellectual understanding so yeah. because i see they are in pain when they are making mistakes of course that's completely normal and mm-hmm. and a no- if if you don't feel pain that's abnormal then you might be narcissistic like then then we let's talk about narcissists okay. and sociopaths mm-hmm. because those are the people who who don't give a rat's ass what they do right about making mistakes or hurting people like so it's healthy to feel it's totally normal to feel like 
uh, shame and guilt and everything. But what isn't healthy is to let those limit you, prevent you from moving on, uh, living, when I say living in it, becoming those emotions because you're afraid of feeling them. And that's where um, we start to, you know, become pack rats emotionally or, or, or we, we distract ourselves because we don't want to because they're not comfortable. They don't, they're not altruistic. We don't, you know, the shiny veneer that we try to surround ourselves with and, and present to other people might be tarnished a little bit. And we d certainly don't want, you know, oh, God forbid that somebody sees me other than perfect in the moment. And likewise, God forbid, I don't, I, I don't see other people as, as perfect in their moment, because if they're not perfect, well, what does that mean about me? Again, it always comes back to us. And I'll go back to your comments and about compassion and sorry, uh, empathy and be empathetic people. So there's, there's um, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And they kind of, we kind of get muddled in our understanding of what those are. So sympathy is, I can feel bad for you. You may be experiencing something. I'll feel bad that you're experiencing that. I myself have never experienced it, so I, I don't have the emotions and I don't feel it the same way that you do, but I feel bad that you're going through it. Empathy is I have those emotions inside of me. I've experienced similar things. Your experience or emotions is vibrating frequency. The frequencies are vibrating inside of me. Therefore, it amplifies my emotions and I might feel, actually feel, I might cry, I might get angry, I might whatever whatever you're feeling, because it's inside of me. Compassion is, I feel for you, I feel you, but then I'm going to action. Mm, so I'm going to do wow. something to help you. So that's where, that's like, if we go thing. back to Darwin, if we go back to Darwin in the, the theory of compassionate people, I don't know what the, it's actually called, and the theory of evolution, if I'm a fit, strong I'm going to evolve on my, you know, I'm going to rear very strong, healthy uh, children, et cetera, et cetera. If I add compassion to that, I might, I mean, it's worth examining and I don't have the answers for it. You know, back, let's say back in the Viking ages, if children were, if children were born, uh, not, uh, functional in their capacity so maybe they couldn't walk or they might have might be blind or something they would literally leave them out for the wolves and i know a lot of cultures used to do this too because that's a that's a survival thing they couldn't um risk any type of weakness in their survival as a community in in their evolution and i'm not saying that's right However, you can kind of understand why they would do that at the time. Maybe the compassionate aspect is how do we combine both by continuing to evolve physically, but also now helping others to evolve and get stronger themselves because I'm showing compassion for you because perhaps you may be feeling or you may be struggling or you may be going through something that may prevent you from kind of being a part of the whole of the community. I, again, I don't have the answers. It just is worth examining 
and understanding and holding space for the fact that it's a really gray area. Like it's not black and white. Like if we look at, um, I, if we look at abortion, it's such a hot topic, understandably, but in the U.S., there's so it's illegal now to get abortions in certain states. And while I can understand why some people may feel, well, you're taking a life that shouldn't happen, no way. What if we examine and unpack that and examine, okay, well, if you're telling me that I need to bring this life into the world, I don't have the financial means to take care of them. Are you going to pay for that? And if not, what happens to like being a single full-time single mom of two kids? It's fucking hard. Like it's really hard. And so you're telling me that now my child, like who's going to pay for the education? Who's going to pay for their health care? Who's going to pay for their food? Who's going to pay for their evolution? So what if, I've now birthed and given birth to a child that you say I cannot abort in their very early stages of um, gestation. Now, what if that kid through their experience in my, what if I'm not healthy mentally and now I'm imparting and, and causing this child to grow also perhaps not in healthy ways, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. What happens if that child gets to a certain point and they're so mentally unwell because of their experiences growing up that now they go out and they purchase the guns that you refuse to make illegal and they shoot your children in the school and now you want that child or that adult who's gone gotten older and shot people because they're not mentally well because of their upbringing etc 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 now that person you want to put in the jail and now you want you want to inflict corporate punishment on them, the death, pen death penalty. So there's that cycle. Do you know what I mean? I don't, again, I don't have the answers, but we have to examine yes. and it has to start with, okay, if we're, not, if we're not allowed ourselves the grace to make mistakes, to examine those mistakes, to kind of sit and go like, wait a second, that doesn't really make sense. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Can we, can we at least talk about it and kind of and understand that it's not so simple as mistake happened, forget about it, move on. Mm -hmm. Let's process it. Let's evolve it. Let's go beyond it. Let's learn from it. Let's all grow as a society, but also individually. I know that I completely went off on a tangent on that, but no, it just goes to show that the topics where like when I think about this subject of failure and mistake, I'm I've developed this level of clarity when it comes to this. Okay, how you deal with failure? What are failure? Like what are mistakes and whatnot? But when you start going deep and you start talk talking about this immensely deep topics like abortion and whatnot, like terrorism and killing yeah, somebody yeah. and suicide and then there is this block inside me this reluctance to comment on anything because i don't understand what to do and like that's the truth i can't yeah. tell you like it's it's comfortable making those mistakes or it's not comfortable like there's a, that reluctance and one of one of the great questions 
you asked in your one of your facebook post which you shared with me is like and i wanted to get deep in that like in this because i think it's very important to understand and this integrate this and you said what if the mistakes are so monumentally huge that we feel broken beyond redemption or repair what about those mistakes like i'm i'm just giving you earlier my understanding of mistakes okay it's a tool to make mistakes and what not but what about these mistakes like where you're okay there's no coming back maybe from from this i mean that's a that that's for each person to determine i can say there's a way to come back i mean i used to i'm not i'm not religious in the um institutional sense of the word as far as being catholic or things like that but you know if you think of the catholic religion you'll have a priest come in right at the end of a person's life even the a person who perhaps is in in jail and 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 on death row can come in and absolve that person of all their sins just by talking and and allowing forgiveness and then they're they're given the the the, the gift of going to heaven well why can't we find that within ourselves along the way like why do we have to keep keep ourselves in eternal hell so to speak in our own minds and our own emotions in our own spirits before that point in time like again that doesn't leave any room for evolution and and that does if you're not worthy of forgiveness and compassion and understanding then neither am i which then keeps keeps us in that perpetual cycle of guilt and shame and there's no then reconciliation can never happen it's not possible. So then that point, now, what do I tell my children? If we're preaching all this wonderful altruistic, oh, mistakes happen, learn from your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of trying. But yet then they see around us this corporal punishment for the mistakes. And I'm not saying that there has to be consequences for our actions, especially when they're extremely severe. But if there's no such possibility for redemption beyond that, what is the point of living? Really, what is the point? I, I, I honestly can't, I can't honestly tell my children that it's okay to make mistakes, but only within this. And if you make too much, that's, and that, that brings us back to love. When you unconditionally love somebody, like if your child caused such an atro- atrocious act of some kind, you would still love them. You obviously would be ashamed and angry and all of these things that would come with that. But you couldn't help but love them because they were your child. And there's the evolution of the soul. That's the evolution of our spirit. To get to a point where you can love your enemy, not for obviously what they do, but because love in in and of itself has no conditions. There is no reason. It just is. That's the hardest thing that we can do as a soul. And there's a great movie um, which really depicts it well. I mean, it's a very frou-frou movie in that 
if you're not into spirituality or woo-woo things, you might not watch it. Uh, it's called The the Shack. Um, and I, I can't remember the actors' names, but um, actors you would know, recognize. But it's about this man whose daughter, young daughter, is murdered. And he ends up going on this spiritual journey and meets God and meets Jesus and all these um, uh, representations of that. And through that process, you're shown what compassion, what love, what, you know, God really is and why it's within us to find that compassion, that forgiveness, that peace on earth that we want because without that honestly i can't tell you what's the point of being here yeah i really can't and i think that like closing like putting a close into this, like, this deeper topic of like those immense amount of mistakes i think that as society we have this belief that people are beyond repair and how i understand that when i look at this whole systems we have when it comes to dealing with people who have committed these deep level of like deep mistakes about like maybe a murder maybe they went insane like maybe like let's see how they treat people in asylums how they treat people in jails how they treat people like when you look at jail how when you talk about a person who has been in jail how often you talk about his healing process never never ever you think never. about that that person should be going through a healing process never you just think about punishment he should be punished he committed this crime he should be just going through jail he should be put in like jail for this many years or maybe he should be hanged but never ever you think that okay it was an accident mm. it was mistakes happened due to lack of awareness everybody every human no matter how worse a thing like he was of a thing he's doing or how great of a thing he's doing he's trying to do his best that's the truth like everybody's trying to do his their best from a place where they stand for it it is making sense to them at that point of time which is damn weird sitting like sitting here and seeing them doing that but they're doing it because it's making sense to them for some reason I would challenge that though. I don't Please. think it makes sense to a lot of people. I think there are really disturbed, unwell people who will never learn and grow and evolve. And while you can understand perhaps and feel compassion for the fact that they are so tormented with illnesses beyond, mm -hmm. beyond healing in this lifetime, you can see compassion with perhaps how they grew up and how they became how they became and where they're at but that's not to say there still has to be action in change action in redemption action in reconciliation without that there's no healing so i can say i'm healing i'm meditating i'm going to sit on this hill for for the rest of my life but if i'm not actioning that change if i'm not doing things to show others and to use my growth my wisdom and my healing and my health and all of those things then again it kind of goes back to what's the point so i don't think that 
people who do really bad things and perhaps are beyond their mental capacities. Um, I don't think it's a choice. I think for everybody is what I'm saying. I don't think everybody's doing the best with what they can. Some people are like for me example, when I got to a place in my life, I made mistakes. I did a, you know, some things that weren't healthy for myself or others. And I got to a point where I felt so broken and so tormented with guilt, shame, mm -hmm. anger, et cetera, et cetera, that it was almost like going to therapy right. made it worse because <laughs> we're that. analyzing it. Yeah. We're, we're talking about it. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. great. But why am I not better? Yes. Why am I taking this medication? You're telling me what's wrong, mm -hmm. why I do what I do. But yet I'm still making the mistakes. I'm still worse than ever before. Nothing's changing. So I must be beyond redemption. I must be beyond fixing. Okay. I'm always going to be broken. Mm. And that's worse. That is like living in, an, in, in a, a prison, a cell inside your mind, inside your soul. I don't know. It just, when, when we stay with that mental limitation of our mistakes, we don't get to the feeling, the processing of the emotions, and then we don't get to the spiritual. Why did you make them? Why do you keep making them? Why can't you move beyond? Why can't you feel compassion towards yourself or others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Again, it comes back to what's the point? I mean, I don't know from your experience if that, if it felt like that for you, but um, yeah. certainly for myself and a lot of the people I work with, yeah. What I was trying to say is that uh, we go through some things and we make mistakes and then from that we create this identity of that I am my mistakes. So I am a failure. So we think we are beyond repair and then we also think that we could have done anything different like from now sitting here with this understanding i can look back and blame myself for doing all sorts of shitty things which i've done in my life but at that point of time i didn't had the understanding of to do anything better or i would have done any like things better why why wouldn't i if i had the understanding if i had the capacity if i had the courage if i had everything in me which i have now understanding that why would i do that i didn't have the courage so now sitting here and looking back and judging myself for my mistakes, I think I try to think like, okay, you did that. It's okay. But now what? Like, let's acknowledge that mistake, which you are trying to say. I, I get it. Like you, maybe I sounded like that you were doing your best and you'll keep doing the same thing. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, okay, we did what we did. It's okay now it can't be like it's past it's gone it's like let's let's come back to the future let's uh, let's look things from the future and let's come back to the uh, present and let's look at it and let's like there is this great jim Rohn quote i love he says past is a school not a club so okay we did something the best thing now we, from sitting here I can do is learn from it and if there are some traumas, if there is some something that 
is just making me repeat those mistakes. Let's resolve them. Sitting right here, not not just cre creating an identity out of that. For example, if I failed my seventh standard, suppose I didn't, but suppose somebody failed their seventh standard, then they failed their eighth standard, like they're in school, seventh class, eighth class, whatever. They keep failing. That doesn't mean you're failure in life. You failed a business. That doesn't mean you're failure. Like if you create that identity out of your experiences, now you're locked. Now you can't move forward. You're just mm. stuck into that identity of the failure. So how do you help people come out of that cage, come out of that mm. cage of identity that I am, a mis I am my mistakes, I am a failure? Um, we have to get to the spirit. We have to get to our belief systems. We have to, um, so personally in my, in my work um, with shamanism and spiritual healing and energy medicine, um, I help, that's where the, the shamanism comes in because we go into the subconscious mind where all of those beliefs reside. We access them we heal and we resolve what it was, was that started them. Kind of like you get to like, I, I liken it to the big bang, like something happened, an event happened that then set off a chain reaction of other things. Right. We have to get to that first instance of where that happened. And that's where the belief is when we can resolve and heal that belief of I will never be enough or whatever it is. Um, and then we replace it with a healthier one, a supportive one moving forward. Then you can start building. Then it's like um, a ripple effect because then you start feeling compassion more easily, forgiveness. And it's a process. It's not something that can happen overnight, especially when when we're trying to be at peace with somebody else and what somebody else may have done to us. And that's what I'd say when I'm working with people, because so many people are resistant to forgiveness. You know, everybody's like, got to forgive, got to forgive. Well, cool. What does that actually mean? And what does it feel like? And most importantly, it's not like a, I'm not going to flip the switch and all of a sudden I'm going to love my, my assaulter or my, you know, what, oppressor or whatever it is. But the end result is you being in harmony and living the best life that you can for yourself and feeling whole. And if being angry towards somebody else and holding that towards somebody else from the past, like you said, like our mistakes of the past, I forget uh, the quote you just said. Um, if I'm continuing to be angry at somebody in the past, including myself, then I'm in an intimate relationship with that person because our mind doesn't understand the difference between what happened yesterday, today, or what's going to happen in the future. So if I'm holding resentment, anger, retribution, all of these things towards somebody from an event in the past, including myself to mistakes that I've made, it means I'm, literally in an intimate relationship and that period of time that person is getting 
the best aspects of me all the time and everything else in my life is getting what's left over yeah i think a great chunk of that i'm in the past that situation like when somebody else does something wrong to you a great chunk of that is a feeling of in adequateness like a feeling of being incapable a feeling of like kind of and it's less about that person and it's more about me i should have done this i should have been like that i should have just been more wiser more intelligent more smarter that i could have just avoided that issue by being something else so it becomes more about you and that forgiveness you're talking about i think it's it's less about that other person it's more about you it's and the more we are trying to focus on that person is just a avoidance mechanism not to mm. see the mirror which is right in front of you that you are feeling 100% and it, yeah. yeah 100% and it's also some often times it's a feeling of not being uh valued or that somebody made us feel like we are disposable that they um that we're not worthy of kindness love compassion all of these beautiful healing things so if something happens to me and somebody does something to me it goes to that soul level of you don't think i'm worthy enough to be living today or i'm worthy enough of kindness or you're essentially taking that from me and that's why so many people will stay in this i call it post traumatic spiritual disorder they can't get out of that because it's not in the mind Oh yes it is it affects us mentally of course it affects us emotionally of course but if we can't get to the spiritual aspect of when we boil it down it really means you don't think i am deserving of perhaps even living existing whatever it is you, and until we resolve that a feeling of value ourselves feeling like we deserve to be on this planet feeling like we are worthy of love etc 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 until we can resolve that we're going to be we'll stay stuck in the other layers and we'll continue that cycle over and over and over again so um it 100% doesn't matter about the other person 100% i'm not forgiving somebody because i want them to live their best life i mean yes altruistically no i'm not responsible to live in a planet where we're I'm all i'm not controlling his life and I'm, i'm not like first of all like giving that exactly I'm, i'm not responsible for you you did that okay i'm not responsible whatever i'm not responsible for your healing as well it's it's, it's your choice i'm not getting in that cage with you and just trying to like lock myself with all that healing kind of chain with you that okay now i'm going to heal you now i'm going to heal the world now i'm going to become that kind of that's another trap but what if you but what if you what if what if through resolving healing yourself feeling compassion forgiveness like really getting to that place of heaven on earth within yes. your own life through that you meet somebody who hurt you so much that you are then able to then you were then able to help them get to that place and then through that they were then able to help their uh, oppressor their assaulter or their greatest enemy get to that you know what i mean like while yes 
it's a hundred, you know, it's, it's about you and only you. There's so many possibilities potentially that can also happen from that state, but until you get to that state, nothing's going to happen other than uh, a repeated cycles of anger, guilt, shame, judgment, blame, etc., etc. Yeah. One thing I uh, realized in my own like this journey, like when it comes to healing and resolving all of that, is that if you, what our brain does, our mind tries to focus outwardly and that whenever it's focusing outwardly like I'm gonna heal society I'm gonna heal that person I'm gonna just fix things outwardly it's his mechanism so he doesn't like it doesn't has to see itself it doesn't want to look in the mirror because the face right now might be ugly so it's not looking uh, towards that but if you become and there is this connotation when it comes to the world selfish but if you become very selfish in a way, which means you start focusing on yourself and you start healing yourself, your, your trauma, resolve your things, like improve your mistakes, like get comfortable with you being you, as you will say, everything else becomes a byproduct of you doing that. So you, everything becomes a natural process. Nothing is forced. So the if you're healing somebody like whatever you do i think you went into that cave you did that process now you're functioning naturally in the world you're not forcing yourself to like i'm gonna heal the world i'm gonna save the whatever is naturally happening naturally happening like it's like a tree like you plant the seed you just take care of it you just like do everything correctly and there's a fruit at the end nothing is forced Nobody's forcing that tree like you should generate this fruits or whatnot. So it's a effortless way of being and I think a lot of us, most of us are struggling because there is this especially when it comes to Western culture, there's this obsession with doing. <laughs> obsession with forcefully like forceful transformation. Transformation should yeah. be forced and then, you should grow, you should like become successful you should heal you should like yeah it becomes life becomes a struggle yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's often it's because people don't know how or, or or they're not i mean they say when 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 you're ready to learn the lessons the the teacher will appear right so or the the process will appear itself so it's a combination of being ready and in the place and the willingness to want to change or to grow or to evolve because then that opens up your perspective and perhaps takes the blinders off and makes you realize that oh all of these deeds and these actions that i think are altruistic and you know they're helping to heal and change the world actually like you said they're not it's not coming from a place of abundance or a flow i'm forcing it i'm doing it because i because i need to feel better about myself and so i'm doing it actually for selfish reasons truthfully while yes it's a beautiful thing and we should all be uh extending help outside of ourselves for sure if we're not 
like you said, turning that inwardly as well, or if not first, then oftentimes we get depleted, we can't sustain it, things start to shift and we start to resent the people that we're trying to help or do things for. And then it becomes, again, a vicious cycle of, of you know, thoughts, beliefs, feeling like a failure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, think, I think we so should do one, point. we should do a podcast someday on nature. Like what, like being a shaman, like it's all about connecting to nature and all of that. And I'm really fascinated with this concept of, first of all, like how nature is and how the lessons, like immense amount of lessons you can just learn and imbibe from nature. I think being a warrior is most things like it's about violence and whatnot, but being a warrior is aligning yourself to laws of the universe and laws of the nature. Like it's a great part of being a like true warrior is being in that, that alignment with that. I think it will be a great topic. And also, yeah. since past two, three years, I'm exploring this concept of doing things naturally, not forcing life. Like even ideas, even like businesses, even friendships and connections and like everything in life, what is happening, even art, creating art, poetry, everything sprouts mm. naturally from you but if there is a level of healing and development there like there this like it's like a dam so the dam is closed for most humans which i'm realizing and through going through this process of healing your trauma resolving your issues and you the more you clear that like the more clear all of this you are opening that dam, that kind of infinite intelligence comes into place and it's like magic happens on daily basis, it happens with me and I know it happens with you and everything becomes natural so you're not forcing like these ideas, like for example this conversation, are you, you haven't prepared for it, <laughs> sitting last night three hours, okay this is I'm gonna do, tell Sean and whatnot and a lot of my guests do that, they will just Okay, I'll give them questions, then they will call me, then they will say, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this quote on this point of time, and can you ask me this, and blah. And like, mm. it's so much preparation, which means that you don't feel that you are, like for example, you are a shamanic a shamanic healer, and a, like, it's obviously they are labels. But deep down you feel like you are, right? You have done the work, you have paid your dues and you are here and now we can talk endlessly about topics and it will never be forced, right? And there will be lots and lots of wisdom and no books are needed, no research is needed. How is it like? Isn't it magic? So, and there's no effort involved. And so why, my question is, like, the question like it's, should be examined and explored is why life has to be effortful like full of struggle all the time <laughs> why can't you just flow with because the that's universe? where we learn and grow well you can flow but i mean that if you go back to adam and eve if you believe in that even if you don't believe in it somebody in your family or at some point it's affected 
the flow of humanity, that belief that we are all born into sin, mm-hmm. and that because of our mistakes, we should, we, our entire life, we have to, to essentially work and go against the tide, like you said, like work against all those blocks yeah. in, in order to, to live a fruitful, loving life. Right. Like we're essentially born into hell, basically. Yeah, yeah. So what, whatever the reasons, yeah, whatever reasons for that, um, whether it's to evolve as humans, I mean, we, what distinguishes us, and I'd love to have a conversation about the natural world, d- distinguishes humans from, I'm watching Chimp, uh, Chimp Empire on Netflix, amazing, is that we have uh, free will. Like we can make choices, which then, because of our experiences and things that were beyond our control, oftentimes when we were born and things we've inherited genetically from our, our lineages and our ancestors, then cause us to, 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 again, to think, believe, all these things that we talked about. So to get to that flow, I believe, is the purpose and the evolution of being human. And until we can yes. get to that, with the six, it is the eight billion people in the world, I don't think. Peak of the Everest. What's that? It is that. It is that peak of the Everest. Like it is like your your utmost potential of what being human is. Like it's unlocked, and you're not living yeah. in that effort mode all the time. Yeah, effort is cool. Effort like effort becomes a choice then, and you're not just making effort just to sustain your life in everyday basis which has been for me a long time and i know it has it, it's with millions and millions and millions of people every day every th- day is a struggle everything which you are doing is like effort from eating to going to a job to like having like these mm. deep conversations and it's like so much effort let's go watch tv watch netflix let's eat fast food which is like just Avoid that effort. I don't want to feel like. Yeah. Anyways, like just to. But I mean, yeah. life is never. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go on. Uh, um. I mean, there are realities to life and to being human and to this experience that we're all here having. There are realities. Life is never going to get easier. It just it won't. Um, it's what gets easier, and I think I mentioned maybe to you earlier is is that you flow through it more effortlessly you're not impacted the same way you don't carry those wounds and pass them on to your next generations like your life the world is not we're never going to get to that peaceful state we just won't it, it just that Have people who think that that's ever going to happen it's Sisyphus. Okay. Have you heard about Sisyphus? Like that, that man who's just in. I think in Egyptian myth- mythology, there's this man who has a huge circular rock, and he's just pushing that rock up to the mountain. Mm. And obviously, gravity being the devil, the more he pushes, like the gravity pushes back. So he's stuck in that loop of pushing that rock to the top and he's stuck that's his life okay and that's a great metaphor for human life and 
the fascinating thing about that is okay life is a struggle as you said so for sisyphus life will always be struggle but if we say if there is anything called enlightenment or there's a effortless way of living which you're talking about so the struggle which sisyphus is going through is he's going through because he's resisting what life is so he's resisting he's in his mind there is this false belief that life should not be like this it should be some heavenly place of where there's everything is perfect and i'm just there's a angel who is just like with grapes and i'm just biting on those grapes and what not and life should be like that but the moment there is this complete acceptance in his heart and his in his soul about his situation so the struggle goes away situation doesn't change life doesn't change gravity doesn't change mountain doesn't change but that struggle he's facing that reluctance that resistance he's facing it's gone he's like okay i'm mm. here that's enlightenment mm. like buddha didn't left planet earth <laughs> he didn't went away he didn't like like you just transcended his biology or mental or mind or whatnot it was like everything was there but it was okay he was comfortable with everything mm. happening okay mistakes are happening i'm okay success is happening i'm okay nothing is impacting me in that fundamental way that my being is just getting impacted by any success or any failure if you're getting what i'm saying you're a billionaire yeah. you're the same you're a no, beggar you're okay. the same that's that's what it is i think like in its fullest utmost yeah. capacity of like which a human being is capable of i think yeah absolutely and surrendering it's almost like a surrendering to the to the fact that suffering happens but at a certain point you don't have to you don't have to keep it going but there is this thing of pushing those to, things away to put but, that rock down and i think you might be facing this in your life since you are coming from that place just pushing these things pushing these possibilities away by saying these words you woo woo it's woo woo it's you're just it's the human being's nature just to push the fundamentals of life away by calling them woo by calling them spiritual by calling them okay they are don't talk to me about esoteric things <laughs> let's yeah. let's come back to practicality so <laughs> it's like reluctance well, i don't think there is such a thing as practicality and spirituality i mean it is i think it's the most practical thing ever i think we just need to no- normalize it like what is more practical well, than well i think we need to normalize it Okay, maybe rational is the, the the word. There's nothing rational about it. There's nothing normal about it. And but being at peace with that in it of, of itself, with not having all the answers, with not having all the the proof, um, the proof is in the experience of it, and and the evolution of of you, and and how it affects you. And if that's true for you, then that's all that matters so um when i say woo woo i mean i i mean, we can do a whole podcast on this my my oh <laughs> uh, or the anti woo woo i'll call it the anti woo woo because i have a i have i i really rub up against 
you know, the woo woo community, because I, I, I feel like that's really what gives the practical spiritual, the real, I'm not going to say the real healers because everybody is a healer in their own right, but I think it keeps people separate or even prevents them from even wanting to explore something else because it's so beyond anything within reality that it's like, no, no, that's just weird. And I'm of the, no, that's weird. Like as soon as somebody starts talking about different realms and yada, I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> so um, I think the more that we normalize it and have these conversations and, and like you said, make it practical in some sense, or yeah but also allow but also acknowledge that it is weird and it's not normal and that's okay but you know in order for change to happen we have to go through that kind of state of well, we don't have all the answers we don't know the end result but can we hold space for the process and getting there yeah so also the fundamental question how bad do you want it a desperate man like a man who is desperate about healing or anything like that like i was in a state and i was so fucked up and so desperate about getting out of it i didn't care it's woo woo it's it's mindset it's tony robbins it's just tell me something <laughs> man i don't want to be <laughs> so i think people are not You're suffering like, enough give me the kool-aid <laughs> give me the kool-aid <laughs> And you'd like to end this? I We're remember. End this somewhere, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, but let me just share one thing before we end. Yes. I remember when I so for me to get from my like I was pretty. I was an atheist, but mm -hmm. I was agnostic. Where I didn't believe in anything. I didn't know. So for me to get from that to sitting in the chair in a, a spiritual healing angel, shamanism course was like. Like I was broken. I was like, this, this has to work because nothing else worked. My, my, I'm about to lose the greatest love of my life. Like all of these, mm -hmm. things, it had to work. But I was also very apprehensive in that it even would because everything else had failed me up yeah. until that point. So I'm sitting in the chair and my, my shaman, my teacher used me as a demo for the class, first class. And I'm like, yeah, right. This is going to work. Like, again, my heart, I'm like about to lose my love. I feel like killing myself. Mm. Medication isn't working. Nothing's working. And I, all I can say is it was that, it was that point that brought me from hopelessness to hope. It, I'm not going to say it healed me and everything changed from then on because then it was an eight year process of me continuing to do it. But it was that moment where I was like, oh, holy shit, I don't have to die in order to find uh, peace. So, that moment and then I remember I'm gonna fast forward three years into this process of we'll say becoming whole I talked about I remember sitting in the office of my shaman and and saying to him can you just give me is there a ceremony that's gonna put me back to sleep I don't want to be here anymore it's just too hard because going through that process of forgiveness of grace of healing of owning our mistakes of feeling what we need to feel all of those things and becoming who we want to become is painful 
and terrifying. And that's why it takes courage and bravery and, and integrity and honor and all of those wonderful attributes we talk about. But I remember saying to him, can you put me back to sleep? Because it was so awful and painful. Um, so it's normal to feel like you said, like just that point of, I can't, it's just too much. Like this is just too much. Something has to change. It's totally normal. And it's also normal to feel that as we're evolving and as we're doing the work, so to speak. And so that's where it's imperative to have, in my opinion, somebody who's skilled, yes. who's not, not only walked through the fires themselves and come out the other end, but who is capable of holding space for you and reminding you that you're going to get there, that today is not every day, that there is peace at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, so especially when we're, especially when we, when we talk about mistakes and, and forgiveness and all of those wonderful things that are necessary as humans. So. Yeah. Like talking about mistakes, somebody in your life who's just allowing you to make mistakes. How fascinating is that? If you're, when you're in an environment, when you're allowed to make mistakes, which means you're, you're allowed to be you completely. You're allowed you're yeah. allowed to say wrong things like for example in this conversation i'm not perfect in this conversations which i do with you but it, there is this space yeah. right here where i'm allowed to explore ideas i'm putting my ideas out there so maybe you think they are right maybe you think like they're utterly wrong and you just correct me i'm comfortable with that failure and you're giving me space to yeah. explore and just eliminate what's not right through that exploration and it's a continuous process of just improvement right that kaizen process in japanese which they talk about a continuous improvement continuous iteration which life is i think yeah, life is little, a learning experience well the small small acts of imperfect bravery exactly. right yes yes it doesn't have to be perfect and when we when we ourselves can get beyond that illusion of perfection then we can hold space for others to do that because I might make a mistake and say something incorrectly, yeah. but allowing myself the grace to be like, okay, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, okay, I wasn't examining that. Uh, perhaps I was being a little bit ignorant or perhaps I just didn't know. And that's okay. And, and same with you and same with other people. And that's okay. But the action has to come with that. It, you know, it's when we're staunch in our beliefs and we're saying, this is the way it is. And, this there's no room for change and you know when we get black and white uh and we have no margin for error or evolution yeah. then no, no change can happen so and there are these practical yeah. tools i think like do you use any kind of strategies and tools like in learning that because i see the things you do for example just archery think about archery right you're trying to hit that circle in the middle and you're missing it again and again and again again and again but you're still trying you're good okay i made a mistake right it's a so are there any ways of using these tools out there 
for example this podcast is one of the tool for me i use it to make mistakes all the time mm. so are there any tools that you have designed for yourself which you used to train your mind to do that to be comfortable with failures tools uh well two things it would be practice so actioning doing mm-hmm. despite how uncomfortable and scary it might be so constantly actioning putting yourself out there being okay with the fact that you're going to make mistakes and that it might trigger other people it might upset other people and that there's room there's margin for error on both sides or conversations at least to be had that but with also going in and examining the beliefs as to why you might feel that way why you might be not missing the target uh, sorry why you might be missing the target all the time why you might be so uh the other day i went to the range with a friend of mine and before i'm about to launch i would feel myself flinch like you could feel it in your heart and that causes it causes you to move even like minuscule like very small it just causes you to 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 um uh i don't know the word but um to not be steady um and so examining what is that what is that second there's the big bang that what is that moment that belief that then creates the emotion which then creates the thought which then creates the physical reality that I'm going to already miss my target so do you know what i mean so i cannot emphasize the importance of of reverse engineering all of those getting to the beliefs getting to the spirit and through that combined with the actioning and continuing to move forward and to take chances and to show yourself grace um that that combination of both actioning but also resolving healing is is imperative and i think that's why samurais were such amazing warriors is because they did that that was that was part of their their training um so coming back to that yin and yang of the the going inwards then extending that outwardly right so that balance uh, speaking of samurai thank you mia mia moto musashi if you speak of samurai you have to talk about mia moto musashi you know it... oh that's another podcast <laughs> <laughs> of course one one of like one of my favorite observation when it comes to mia moto musashi was once he was walking and it's a it's a small incident but i know you will you will understand it very few people on planet earth will understand it he was walking and he stepped on a nail and his leg started bleeding and what how he examined that situation was i could have been more aware that when i my leg just touched that nail i could have stopped my leg mm. that amount of he was just looking for that amount of awareness in his life and that amount of control when it comes to his body being that weapon so suppose he's having that sword so can a sword just stop right here touching somebody can he do that and he was just trying to achieve that level of which i will call greatness that okay can i yeah. i did that mistake but next time can i have that awareness that i can just stop right there mm. like 
I love that because that is really, that's presence, that's awareness, that's, that's consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's really examining all aspects. It's funny. I was walking the dogs this morning and I was just thinking about him. Uh No word of lie. It popped into my mind today. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how and what context, (laughs) but uh, here we go. Yes. (laughs) He was one of the fascinating, one of the most fascinating person I've ever come across and maybe someday we'll talk about all sorts of warriors like you, you admire and I admire and like it's, it's fascinating. There are, I love that. There are Indian warriors I admire, Japanese warriors and I would love to know like what are your people <laughs> and maybe I can make friends I with them that. as well. To end this conversation, you ended your post with and I just I didn't send you any framework for this because I thought like you only just drop the framework in that post of yours so you ended this with in your post the truth always presents itself in the cracks along the way keep paving so let's end this conversation with understanding what you meant by that i would say that's the science of spiritual healing of shamanism of all this woo-woo stuff you want to say it's not scientific that's the science science is what discovering truth so if i can take you through your pain through the guilt through the shame through the mistakes and help you get to the truth of why uh you feel the way you feel why uh you feel broken or not whole or whatever, and we can get to that truth for you, there's the wisdom, there's the medicine, there's the greater understanding. Um, And that's how we evolve and become stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, So it kind of goes back to the the continue to make mistakes. Um, If we stop, trying and we stop taking action and we stop putting ourselves in these uncomfortable positions of, of growth then we don't go anywhere so um we have to acknowledge the fact that in those cracks we have the opportunity to understand why they're there to die i'm gonna say dissect them but to understand and then most importantly to fill them up to heal them so that the path becomes smoother until we get to the next one. And slowly over time, the whole path eventually will become smoother or smooth enough for you. Yeah. So if you don't even move, you'll never make mistakes and you'll never acknowledge those cracks and yeah, it makes sense. So you'll never learn the truth about yeah, that situation. I actually the, the, is that it? Yeah, no, you yeah, you won't know the truth of why things happen, which means you don't really go anywhere. It it'd be like it'd be like I don't ever start walking. I'm just going to stay exactly where I am and I'm just going to grow old and I'm going to start accumulating dust and and while I might be experiencing life for me Where's the, where's the joy in that? Yes. I think the people that scare me the most, mm-hmm. truly scare me the most, are the people who 
live behind this uh, false sense of perfectness, of of security, of never, you know, not admitting faults or not acknowledging that, you know, their mistakes and yes. who are so bound by their images of perfection and what surrounds them and how they've kind of painted their life to look perfect and to feel perfect and to seem perfect. Those people are the ones that terrified me the most because there's a really loud rumbling underneath there that you're just waiting for that to explode. Um, so why not start walking, right? Why not start walking and paving and, and, and then eventually you'll get where you, where you meant to go. And those kinds of people are not going anywhere. Nothing significant happens in their life, I would say. And yeah, I, I would, yeah. I, I, I will fear that kind of person. Like if he's around me all the time, I will be scared, damn scared yeah. of him because he's not going anywhere. Just, just think about like, when do I make mistakes? I make mistakes when I try something which is, which is out of my zone. Like it's, it's, it's out of my zone and I'm trying something and I'm trying to expand my, that's why I'm making a mistake. Why the hell I'll make a mistake if, I, if I'm just in my own limits and just trying to do things which I have perfected throughout my life. If I'll just be there, why, why will I make a mistake? I'll never make a mistake. So they're not growing. The people who are mis making mistakes that's a proof that they're trying something outside their capabilities. They're trying to expand their limits. Yeah. They're like the real explorers yeah. of humanity. They're the ones that are going yes. to, to get us beyond the suffering that we're in right now. And, you know, if people stay, if people don't want to go there, that's okay. That's their life. That's their experience. That's their choice. And, and I, we have to also extend grace for them and appreciate where they're at. Um, it doesn't mean that. Again, I would say it's a lack of understanding. Know. They don't understand something. Like they think that life can be stagnant and you can stay at some place. But the reality about this mountain of life is either you are ascending or either you are descending. So there's nothing stagnant in life. For example, if you leave a fruit, it will not be like the same if you'll see it a week ago like week later it will be rotten it's descending in a similar way if you if you're not growing you're going back that's how it works like I've... but there are people like if you if you go to your rock mm -hmm. there are people who are just the rock that stays there the rock doesn't go anywhere but i could pick up that rock and i can start building mm -hmm. a castle with it throw it in the bottle of a pot. <laughs> it's my, it's my I just, bias. <laughs> I, I know, I, I think we have to allow grace that it, it just might not be where they're at right now in this lifetime, but that's okay. As long as they're not hurting anyone and they're happy, and that's fine. Um, not everybody's ready to, not everybody's ready to, to action everything and, and, and that's okay so long as they're not imparting their beliefs and their choices onto those around them then there's no harm in it there's enough explorers in the world I should say there are there are we, we yeah. are we are 
the ones <laughs> we are we totally we are, yeah, we are, we are like those are our people <laughs> those are our people exactly we'll find our people and we we are finding our people yes. i mean we haven't met in person yet yeah. this is this is but, uh, yeah we found each other fascinating thing you can find your tribe through like through internet which is like kind of your it's your real family it's like real family people yeah. who are just res, like you resonate with they are at the similar frequency here and there like there may be i'll be above in some ways or below in some ways but the frequency just matches and you attract mm. them when you explore when you put yourself out there in the like on the internet which is damn fascinating mm. and someday definitely i'll love to meet and just go <laughs> learn that from you <laughs> learn archery from you yeah we will climb a mountain go axoring we done one there's so much we could do or we will do or other stuff <laughs> before you go where where everyone can connect with you on the web uh bethsturdevent.com um they can check out my email or it's beth's official is my handle but uh bethsturdevent.com is my website and from there they people can email me and check out facebook and all of those interconnected capacities we have right now All right my friend immensely grateful for all of these conversations Likewise. love love just like going into these rabbit holes and chasing these rabbits with you it's it's a adventure it's like it's an intellectual adventure and it's damn fun <laughs> yeah super fun thank you always yeah to be continued as always